Greetings gamers, in this episode of Dead Drop News, we talk about virtual reality in work leading to frustration and stress, the boss of EA's annual salary reduced by $20 million US, the Grammys adding a video game soundtrack category, and a professional musician playing a harp to control their character in Elden Ring. Stick around for these stories and more. Welcome back to The Dead Drop, your secret cachet of game news delivered safely and securely to your podcast player. I'm Matthew Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. Fair warning to you, dear listener, I have finally got the opportunity to travel overseas. For those that know me, they'll know my wife is Irish. We are going to Ireland for a couple of weeks, and for that reason, there may be a drop-off of episodes of The Dead Drop. What that means is we'll probably take a two and a half, maybe a three week break where we won't have any episodes. If I have an opportunity while I am holidaying over there, then I will try to get one out. But just bear with me and enjoy the episodes we've got. And if you run out, go through the back catalogue. I'm sure there's a number of really interesting things that you haven't heard about that I've been talking about over the last few weeks. This will be your second last episode. And the last one, at least for a couple of weeks, will be on Thursday. Let's get into today's episode. This is your transfer from the 20th of June, 2022, and these are the news stories that you need to know. Our first story today is a paper that is a bit tangential to games, but covers virtual reality and a study called Quantifying the Effects of Working in VR for One Week has found that among the 16 participants in the study, that it actually increased frustration, task load, and created more anxiety for the participants of the study. Overall, it was a negative impact for people who were working that way, though admittedly a number of them felt feelings of sickness, migraines, and anxiety when using VR initially, which is what many of us would expect hearing of experiences in VR in gaming at the very least. Not much more to say here except that studies are being done and how they react to work, and the study was built as a way for people to note these drawbacks of virtual reality in order to address them in future iterations of the technology. So here's hoping this is the start of the journey for a much better, more effective, and more enjoyable VR for everyone. We'll have to see how they go. For a link to the study, check the show notes. Andrew Wilson, the current head of EA, has seen a $20 million annual pay cut after shareholders took a vote last summer to say that the pool was too large for EA execs to draw from when they were awarding themselves for good work done. Axios had spotted that the pool of money drawn for Wilson's pay has been reduced to $18 million as opposed to the previous $30 million. We've also seen a 3.2% rise to his base pay, which aligns with the rest of the company's merit-based system for strong performance. Some might argue that this is a result of Battlefield 2042's terrible performance in the last year of the game's release, but it is actually good to see a boss in the games industry starting to align to their own protocols with the way that they pay their own employees. And is anyone below executive crying tears for the big boss losing $20 million a year? I don't think so. Looks like the Grammys are starting to recognize video games for their musical contribution because from next year's ceremony, they will be adding their own category for video game soundtracks. This is among four other categories as well, and the category will actually be called Best Score Soundtrack for Video Games and Other Interactive Media. For gaming soundtracks to have their own representation, 
in an award ceremony as prolific as the Grammys just shows how far games and media has come. Here's hoping that this adds a little bit more prestige, recognition and credit for all the wonderful musicians that contribute to video games in our industry. Former Bioware boss Aaron Flynn has said that game development needs to be a bit more transparent with their post-release content schedules, especially in the environment we're currently in. Whether you're into games 100% all the time or whether you dive in and out, you're probably aware when a game developer announces that a game is going to be coming out at a certain time and promises a number of things with that release, and then they have to backtrack or they have to push the date of release to the point now where anytime there's an announcement about a game upcoming, people presume it's a delay. The ex-Bioware head and a number of his team who are also at Bioware have reflected on a lot of their experiences both in development of their own games such as Anthem or previous titles that have come out recently like Battlefield 2042 and Halo Infinite that the trend here seems to be that players are being told of all the things they should expect but that they can't reasonably deliver. Especially with game developers working from home still and the post-pandemic effect on game development still starting to show its head, the transparency is an aspect that we would really need. In my opinion, if you release something with true transparency and tell everybody what to expect, you release the pressure from the players, you release the pressure on your development team, and it just makes it a lot easier to get what you need and create a polished game at the end of the day. Admittedly, my experience is not in game development, but having worked through a pandemic with a number of project teams rolling out technology, I can understand what a good transparent release schedule can be like and the positive impact on the customers that you're looking to deliver to. And this is a good question for you too. Would you rather be entirely excited and told when a thing is coming with the fear that it may not come at all? Or would you rather be aware that a thing is coming and be told of all the milestones that they're hitting as development takes place all the way in the lead up to completion? Let me know in the comments, hit us up on the email, deaddroppod at gmail.com, and I'll address your comments on the next episode. Epic Games has developed a new cross-play tool that will allow developers to connect their games across Steam and the Epic Games Store much more easily. And in fact, connect different storefronts and platforms at the same time. If you're playing on PC and one person has the game on Epic and the other on Steam, it's currently either very difficult or impossible to connect to that same game service through those two platforms. But with this tool, it should be much easier. They are currently in development for Epic Game Store and Steam, but they're also working on console and mobile functionality at the same time. And realistically, pushing cross-play in a direction that makes sense is going to make things easier for everyone. Reading the writing on the wall, and with Fortnite trying to get cross-play on devices, or in fact installations on mobile devices and having trouble with app stores in the past, the idea of creating a cross-play tool that connects the Epic Game Store with other platforms will probably enable them to create more opportunities for Fortnite play and maybe stimulate a bit more growth in areas other than their own store. That's only my opinion. We'll have to wait and see how something like this impacts developers in general and their development of Fortnite. <laughs> Lastly, as a bit of a fun story, and because I haven't checked in with Elden Ring for a little while, there is someone who has been playing Elden Ring with a harp and has managed to defeat Margit, one of the first bosses in the game. Margit has been notoriously hard and there have been a number of players playing with a number of different kinds of controllers or not controllers to defeat Margit and showing how good they are. 
but Anna Ellsworth posted a YouTube video showing that she was playing her harp with specific notes mapped to different actions in the game in order to be able to play it. You can see her playing her harp at the same time as the character moving within the game, and it is quite interesting to watch. And being a professional harpist or vocalist, it's another notch that she can add to her belt. Go and check it out now, it's a bit of a laugh. The video link is in the show notes. That was the gaming industry news that you need to know. Remember to find out more about The Dead Drop, head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. Follow the Instagram or follow me on Twitter to find out more about video game news. Remember, we're going to have our episode on Thursday, potentially no more after that for a couple of weeks, but I'll let you know. Also remember, I'm doing the push-up challenge right now, and I've currently got just over 2,000 push-ups banked, which means I've got about 1,000 more to do this week, so make sure you give me some energy and support. If you would like to donate, any money raised will go to Lifeline and support an awesome charity doing great things in Australia. If you do want to donate, link is in the show notes, as are all the other links from the stories today. And lastly, make sure you tell your friends about the dead drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days. Bye.